you're rocking the, the jet green right now. Adam Sandler. Right. Number one, you were Rich Eisen. The second movie, I see Brad Hirschberg <laughs> being your father. Dennis Miller. The autumn wind is caused by global warming. <laughs> Uh, a legend in the booth, Jim Brockmeyer. I do love watching Tebow play. I mm-hmm. gotta say, he just he combines all the fiery leadership of Ray Lewis with the uh, with the throwing ability of Ray Lewis. <laughs> and uh... I don't download many podcasts, but when I do, I prefer the Rich Eisen podcast. Here's your host, Rich Eisen. Welcome to the latest edition of the Rich Eisen Podcast. We have reached April of 2012, draft month. We have finally hit it, and we could not be more excited to be back in the business of putting a podcast together. And the we, that's the royal we. That's the royal we. Because, uh, I mean me. You know, I was gone last week. Right. Technically, uh, although I did phone into my own podcast last week as a guest for the very first time. Is, is, I, is that a first? You're, you're a podcast breaking, first? Yeah, you're breaking grounds, I think. I think that. I am. I think I am. I, I, I've heard Dan Patrick call into his own radio show once uh, when he was... Uh, Corolla doesn't do that. I don't know. But that's a radio show. We're, we're a podcast. Oh, okay. Chris Brockman, Chris Law, uh, in whose very capable all-state-like hands this <laughs> podcast was placed last week. And while the cat was away, the Nittany Lion played, apparently. Uh, I'm gone, and I had nothing to do with the booking of that show last week. Clearly, if I called into my own podcast, (laughs) we were a guest or two shy. But um, the other two guests were Michael Robinson. Michael Robinson, yeah. The former quarterback of Penn State football, correct? He actually was was an all-around... Quarterback is jack of all trades. Jack of all trades, but a great quarterback his senior year. Right, and uh, Jenny Verentos. Jenny Verentos, yep. Uh, of uh, of the Newark Star Ledger. Yes, she's. Uh, I went to high school with her, and then. Uh, so that's so, so you went to high school with her. Yes. And college with her. Yes. So that's why you chose her for the jet. Exactly. Not not the guy who wrote the two thousand pay the two thousand word feature article in the Daily News on me, who also happens to be. The beat writer for the New York Jets for the Daily News. Not that guy. That's why I chose Not Manish Mehta. Not him. Not Manish Mehta. Not yeah. him, who's a friend of the podcast, who, who's written well of the podcast. <laughs> sorry, not, it's, sorry, not like, it's not like a pale or a quid pro quo or anything like that. But it's not. I'm not saying that that's what this podcast is about. It's just, you know, one time that you take care of your own, which clearly you did yes. with an old high school mate of yours. <laughs> That's okay. It's not like the Daily News or the New York Star Ledger's in competition. Or actually, wait a minute, they wait are. Minute. Yeah. Okay. Oops. Oops. All right. No, it's okay. Sorry, boss. It's all right. The podcast will move on, and 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 we'll get we'll have Manish on at some point because the Jets are only going to continue to make Just a news. little bit of news going yeah. on. Yeah, I think we'll hear from them. The latest point. with them is that uh, after Tannenbaum, Mike Tannenbaum, the general manager of the New York Jets, when Tebow was brought on, and the obvious question asked, "Will you do hard knocks?" Since you're obviously uh, making a big splashy move here, could you imagine? Uh, will you go ahead and put all your, you know, stuff on display again, like you did a couple of years ago? Uh, that won, I think, four Emmys for NFL Films and HBO. It was awesome. It was, amazing. It was yeah. great. It was riveting television. It, it was perhaps the best Hard Knocks has ever been, with Rex uh, and the Revis and contract, the contract and that was going on in Antonio Cromartie. Terminator, the Terminator. Yeah. yeah, all of that and, stuff. Uh, Woodhead. Would also. you go ahead and do it again? He said, "No, I look forward to seeing another team on there." And then, just as uh, Titans fans learned, as Jaguar fans have learned. Now we are seeing that the flowchart works in one way 
in the National Football League, like it does in many businesses, there's one person at the top. And that's the owner. <laughs> who said at the pop-up shop, uh, the NFL uh, pop-up shop that they have uh, putting all the merchandise and all the new Nike apparel on display in New York City this month, um, he said, Woody Johnson, yeah, I mean, if we're asked, we'll take a look at it. Oh, you don't, okay. You don't say. So, yeah, that's uh, that's the Jets maybe on hard knocks again. Because if you say, if we're asked, we'll take a look at it, I think that means we'll do it. Yeah, absolutely. Will America tune in for uh, a second? Jets are you kidding knocks? me? <laughs> Seeing the Tebow stuff play? Are you well, We asked you that last kidding week. kidding me? You, you were like, I don't think they'll do it. Because I don't listen anymore. Anytime anymore. I think, anytime I, listen, uh, and, and, and Tannenbaum was on the podcast in, uh, in February at the Combine. Yep. And you know the affinity I have for Mike Tannenbaum, right? I like him a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, his mentioning of plans, whatever plans he has, whatever plans the Jets have, it's similar. Tannenbaum's plans are like Rex's predictions. They, they, they change with the scenery, yeah. the plans, and the predictions change with, you know, the reality and the plans change we're gonna go with sanchez sanchez is our guy what manning's available oh we're gonna we're not going with manning we're gonna stick with sanchez until right. two weeks later we'll bring in the biggest backup quarterback name that perhaps the, the league's ever seen right unbelievable so things change plans change that's what plans are plans you're only planning to you know, that's why you always see the couching and the, the the phraseology in the NFL information world. You know, the NFL information man all say, you know, so and so is planning to be at place X or planning to visit place Y. Right. Because that's what is apparently most likely to happen. But there needs to be conditional phrasing. That's what plans are plans. You're planning to do it. It's not like it. it's a, a fact. So the Jets, I bet, book it. They're on hard knocks this year. Book it. Who else would you like to see? I don't know. Let's call up Jenny Vrentos who tell it. Like maybe she'll give us a better idea. <laughs> well, well, she did. Do you got any other high school friends who could give insight uh, that might be a slap in the face to friends of the podcast? <laughs> Chris, hey, 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 no. Competing markets, in New York. It's a big storyline. All right. She, Stay tuned. I'm sure she was great. I saw a lot of good tweets about if, her appearance. If, if Manish Mehta followed she was us good. on Twitter, maybe you know he does at the Eisen Podcast. I don't know. I don't know if he does. But he's a fan of the podcast. He listens to it. No, he's good. I read his stuff, too. He's, right, he's especially he's when it's expansive two-page Sunday feature articles on the host and the podcast, in which they that person also calls up the host's parents and interviews the mom and dad. Just when are we going to get your that parents sort on the of, podcast? That sort of meticulous I was actually a little disappointed reporting. that none of us were quoted in that piece. Well, I guess you didn't go to high school with the, with the, with the reporter. Do, didn't do his do, due diligence. Oops. Mm-hmm. Oops. <laughs> oh, boy. There's 31 other teams out there, too. Stay tuned right? next month for the All Syracuse edition. Ray Romano is going to be on this podcast. Ray Romano. Hilarious. Speaking of the Jets. Yeah. yeah. I think he's going to bring his kids. Yeah, that's what I Because Ray, Ray, Ray picked games. Remember we did the, the celebrity right. pick segment on Total Access That was for my few first years? year at the network. When Ray came on? Yeah. That was my first year. Yeah. And um, look at you now. You're now you're now fill-in host. That's right. Young Hollywood. You know that nickname Date, is dating, getting some tra- dating actresses. It's getting some traction on Twitter. Is by it the way. now? Yeah. Young Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. Young Hollywood. <laughs> All right. And um, at any rate, uh, Ray he came in and picked games a few years ago. He brought his kids, uh, who were sort of like his uh, his muses, his sports muses, his uh, two nineteen year old twins. I think he's going to bring them in. Nice. Um, also on the show, 
uh, I needed to I needed to cleanse this program of the Nittany Lion residue. <laughs> I need to cleanse. It's sort of like you know that uh, the 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 short woman and poltergeist. I must claim that this house is clean. Oh. You know, I'm coming in to get get the the poltergeists out of here. The Nittany Lion poltergeists. Lamar Woodley of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Steve Breston of the Kansas City Chiefs. Wow. Back-to-back double whammy. Both of them, University of Michigan Wolverines. No holds barred. All in studio, too, by Those the way. guys played together in Michigan, same, same time frame? They, yeah, they, they've, they came out together pretty much. Under Lloyd, right? Under Lloyd. Yep. Yeah, there were some of Lloyd's final charges there before things uh, you know, headed back uh, to Rich Rod and then to Brady Hoke, Steve's who, by the way, was part of the uh, recruiting staff, part of the uh, coaching staff who helped recruit uh, Lamar Woodley to, to Michigan because Brady's a D line coach. coach. Yep, by trade. So we got all that to, for us. I hate to admit, I'm a huge. I do like Hoke a lot. From San Diego days, he's a, he's a good dude. You guys have a good. Hey one? man, listen. I don't hope he doesn't go anywhere ever. We had him on um, yeah. a year ago. Yep. And Mike Del Tufo, our chief sound operator, answers the phone. <laughs> Because he's a Notre Dame guy, and I'm like, you answer the phone when he calls. <laughs> I want you to hear the voice of the man who's going to haunt you for the next decade at least. And as I was walking out the door, you know, to go to the podcast booth, I could hear, I could hear through the phone as I'm walking out, uh, this is Brady Hope, University of Michigan. <laughs> That's he, he hadn't even coached the game yet. Too, Correct. Right? He, was been, he had been on the recruiting trail as Michigan coach for three days. By that point, and he's referring. Okay, so he wears it on his sleeve. Marshall Falk, who knows Brady Hoke, because Brady coached at San Diego State, and anybody who's part of San Diego State football must, you know, let's be honest, kiss the ring. That's where I first met him down there in San Diego. Who Brady? Brady, yeah, yeah. So, uh, and Marshall's an integral member of 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 San Diego State football forevermore. He, he, he is San Diego, San Diego State football, right? right? So you gotta. At any rate, so he knows Brady. And uh, he told me that of the many messages that he got, Marshall got when he was inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame last year, it was Brady Hoke was one of them. Left him a very nice long message that he finished with, go blue. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) Right? And it's just like that's probably what he says to everybody. Right. You know, he's not rubbing it in Marshall's face that I left, you know, to go to. So So it's like when you're in Alabama, everything's roll tide. War Eagle. That great. So that's our show. That's our show. Um, let's get to it because we do have a couple of housekeeping items to talk about. Uh, yet another podcast bump of major magnitude. And also, stay tuned to the end of this podcast because we are announcing a major new initiative as we relaunch our blog site. Uh, an opportunity for you, the listener, longtime listener of this podcast, to win an opportunity to appear on it. As a guest. Yeah, I think a lot of our listeners uh, get the podcast through iTunes or through their mobile device. Some get it on NFL.com. So definitely stay tuned for the news Rich has at the end. You've been, uh, af- you've been after me for a fan-friendly yes. initiative yes. for months. Yep. So we're gonna- It's happening. It's not like I was resisting it. No, no. No, I was actually resisting it. <laughs> well, in the season, it's tough. You know? <laughs> See, that's a good producer right there is backing me up. No, no, no. Even well, though he knows deep down it was I'm not like, true. Yeah, you're full of it. <laughs> No well, I didn't know how we could make it work. I, I didn't want it to be completely, you know, BS. I wanted yeah, to make yeah. sure it worked, and I wanted to make sure experience. it was smart. And as they say in the business, organic. Mm-hmm. So finally, we're coming out with a fan-friendly 
subscriber-based uh, construct. Promotion. A subscriber promotion. That's what we're going to call it. Oh. It's a subscriber promotion in which the winner appears on the podcast as a guest with me. Boom. In Mar in May. And gets a great parting gift, which you'll have to oh, listen all yes. the way to the end. Good for you. Right. Good tease. So just go to richeisen.nfl.com to see all the new stuff. Go right now. You'll listen to the rest of the podcast. Now let's start with the man everybody loves. Pleased to have on the Rich Eisen podcast, uh, one of uh, the bigger Jet fans that I know here in this town, born in Queens, New York. He is currently performing along with fellow Queens native Kevin James, right, at the Mirage Casino. Yeah, that's in in two weeks. In Las Vegas. Okay, in Las Vegas in a couple weeks. Good to have you, Ray Romano. Thank you. You're on the podcast. Good to be here. Good to see you. So you, yeah, you and Kevin James, in in a couple weeks, you're going to be performing in Yeah, we do about eight or ten a year. Weekends, Friday, Saturday at the Mirage. Right. And I actually just did a week with him. We did a little mini tour up the coast. We did Santa Barbara, uh, San Francisco, Sacramento. We did a whole little thing. Right. Yeah, which I haven't done. I've never done that with Kevin. I haven't done that. I used to do it with Brad Garrett. Um, and so, yeah, we just went out just to have fun. Yeah. You know? Is yeah. it, uh, why, why do you do that? <laughs> you know, I, it, it seems. That's, you, you sound like my wife because my wife says, I, we have enough money. Get home. <laughs> it's, um, it's, you know, I, it's in my core. It's who I think I, I you know, some guys give it up. Mm-hmm. Some guys, you know, they move on to TV or movies or whatever it is and they never do stand up again. But the, I think it, when it's in your blood, it just it's just part of just being who you are. Yeah, because you know? Leno Leno does it still. Leno Seinfeld goes out all the time. Seinfeld, that's right. And yeah. and I, I did stand up for three years back in college. Did you really? Yes, I did. I did, and it was the most exhilarating thing I've ever done, and the most nerve wracking yeah, thing I have ever done. Sure. And into the point where even today, uh, doing a podcast or a show, and it's not the job of of the crew to laugh at my yeah, stuff. But yeah. if I don't hear the immediate feedback, I think something's completely falling oh, flat. Yeah. Oh yeah, were you good? But, Did you? I mean, I I, <laughs> I, I I would I would give myself a seven or an eight. Yeah. You know, my, my showstopper was reading the penthouse forum letters in Howard Cosell's voice. Nice, which you know, which <laughs> brought down the house every well, now and you then. Open one, one on one game. I don't know. I, would, you know, I don't know because, like I said, yeah. it's so it's so nerve wracking. Yeah, but yeah. but to you, it's 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 what? well. I mean, I mean, it's everything you say it is. And in the beginning, you know, you you did it for three years, and to be honest, you didn't even get you didn't even get to your potential. You know, they usually say it's five six years before you even find your voice Constantly. and. and and yeah, and um, you know, I look at tapes of myself when I was when I, mean, I remember when I was three years into it. I would look at tapes from two years into it, from last year, when I thought I had it down, and I, and I would be so much different and so much better. And then five years, still looking back, thinking um, you're just constantly evolving. Um, but yeah, it for me, it's it f- seems like it's what I do best. It's what I'm natural at. Every time I come off a golf course. I always say to myself, thank God I can do something well, <laughs> that I'm good at something, that I'm a pro at something. Right. You know? And, and yeah, I just feel like um, if I have this and I get enjoyment from it, mm-hmm. why stop it? Golf is the ultimate humbler is what you're saying, essentially. Golf is the great – you know what it is? It's the great equalizer, golf, because mm-hmm. I – 
have lost. I almost lost to one, my son, who mm-hmm. only took it up two months ago, who's sitting right next to me. Both of them. Both. Both yeah. your your each sons. twins. Matt, a, Matt and Greg are sitting Matt directly Greg to your right. Are my identical nineteen-year-old mm-hmm. twin sons. Mm-hmm. Former NFL Network interns as yes, well. Yes, okay. yes, yes. Mm-hmm. They didn't steal anything. Right? No, I, we didn't yeah. see. We, we nothing did. was missing. Well, we have light accounting here. Yeah, you know, yeah. You know, so one day they they came home with a helmet. I said that was a gift, right? And they said, yeah, yeah. And they ran in the bedroom. <laughs> um, <laughs> but but golf, yeah, they've almost beat me, and they just took it up. And then I beat Marcus Allen, a, a world class athlete. You at, did, yeah, on one round. But that's any given round. Where? Any given where. Sure. I'm going to sound like I'm name dropping, but I'm no, not. Augusta. Wow. Is, yes. <laughs> well, because you could you could not have dropped a bigger name. No, but all right. right well, okay. let me let me Marcus Allen and Augusta. Let me level let me okay. level it out. Okay, sure. When when I was on CBS, <laughs> Les Moonves, the president of CBS, would yes. get a group on Monday, the day after Augusta. He has that sort of pull. No, they're allowed. It's called press day. Okay, so that's anybody right, yes. who covers the Masters gets a group. Five years in a row, you know, I had the I had the big show then. You did. It was the biggest perk ever. It's the it was it was for me the reason to be in showbiz to play Augusta the day after the same pins, the same tees. I tried to break my goal was to break a hundred in five years. I never did. No. Since then, yes, I was in Atlanta about a year or two ago. I called everybody. I called Jim Nance. Mm-hmm. I called Les Moonves. Yeah. I called Phil Mickelson. I called you know Bobby Clampett. Nobody could get me off at Augusta, so it evens out, you know. So yes. once you mean the, your show went off the air, oh yeah, that's it. Well, now he's got he's not going to use that perk on me. He's got the next. He's got. Uh, Who do you think he's using it on right now? Jeff Propes or <laughs> somebody on CBS? Be, it, maybe it's it's yeah. it, it could be it's a CBS like some, perk. Yeah, so it could be like the, one of the guys from. Who's the CBS? Yeah, I guess yeah. from you know how I met how you met your how mom met, or something uh, like yeah. that. Neil Patrick Harris Neil, says you're does he play? Right I don't know. I if don't he even plays. know. Does yeah. okay. But um, yeah, it, but it was the greatest. So how thing did you in the world. get on with Marcus Allen? That he was one of he was in the foursome. He was in the foursome. Me, Marcus Allen, Les Moomins, and, and some other exec. And he was having a bad day. A bad day. Mark, and he's better than me. God, if God, if if he, this gets out, just well, it's going to get out. Yeah, <laughs> let's be honest. It's, it's out. It's going to get he's out. He's about eight strokes better than me. So, well, that's golf for you. That is. That is. Yeah. That is for you. And did, did you see this new Hank Haney book? Oh, yeah. the book I, mean, I didn't see. see. The book? The I know book you. I, I knew you were in the Haney Project. Yeah, right? I've did seen that. It. Did that improve your game? The Haney Project. At, like anything, it improved it at the time when he was standing over me. Oh no! It improved. No retention. It. You didn't have any retention. Well, I, I didn't really get to. You know that golf a thing where you gotta you get a lesson you gotta do it then you gotta go work on it day after day yeah, after yeah. day. I don't have that in me. I, yeah. I I don't have I don't have that in me. No, you know I mean and it, the thing that really got me once is Dan Marino, he tried to uh, qualify for the U.S. Open, which is what Tony Romo tries to do every year. Yeah, and he said when he didn't make it, that he didn't think that he had the mental focus. Yeah. Well, to I've get always, there. And yeah. I thought, like, this is Dan Marino. You want to talk about mental focus. A guy who's in the shotgun seeing all these guys are getting ready to take his head off. Yes. You'd think he could be able to focus It's a different on a thing, ball. though. I've always said that, too. I, I've always said pro golfers, to me, are like astronauts. You know, they just, yeah, they're just, their demeanor, mm-hmm. the, the way they uh, conduct themselves, the way they train, the way they shut everything else out. You know, they're like like a pilot. You know, they, they, if you talk to them, they're mm. you know they're not. There are a few exceptions, but for m- most of them, 
are just straightforward and just, you know, get the job done and do whatever it takes. And yeah, you're right. You don't have that. I don't have it. So when you're pro, <laughs> when you're proaming with them, right? Yes. At Pebble. I, yeah. Pebble. I mean, what do you, I mean, do you, I get I, out of their way, you, 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 but, but I will say this, yes. I get a new guy every time I go to Pebble, you know, some guys you pick a pro and you kind of make a friendship and they're the guys you play. I like that. I, it's a crapshoot. Whoever I, whoever they hook me up with, I got, I've, I've played 12 years. I've had 12 different guys. And my goal has always been to make the cut, but they're, they're always great. They're always great. Cause I got to go there and I got to, you know, I don't want to have to get a laugh from the gallery or this or that, but why am I there? <laughs> Are they there to see me, you know, try to draw the ball? I don't think so. So I feel obligated every now and then to be the the funny guy, you know, and I hate, not not that I don't, I don't hate it, but I know the pro is playing in a real tournament. Mm -hmm. So I just, I, you know, I try to be respectful and and all that, but the pros have been great. They've all been great. And I made the cut this year. I know that. Congratulations on that. First time in 12 years. I know. First time. By the way, don't sell your, the draw of your knockdown wedge short. (laughs) That is that it that that shows up at the gate. I got don't, the knockdown wedge. Okay. Yeah, you know, what I, I mean? just I don't have a bunker and I don't have a tee shot. <laughs> it's, it really is. It's but to me, whenever I am in in one of those, I've never played Pebble, and certainly in the, I've have played Pebble, but not in not in yeah. a tournament. You're not afraid of just sculling one, and and there's a, a patron that's right there. I mean, that, the couple oh, of times I thought about I've hit people. <laughs> I think every pebble year, once at least, I hit somebody, and, yeah. and you just got to hope you don't hurt them, and then you sign it. You, you sign go. the ball. You got to have a Sharpie on you because you're going to hit somebody. <laughs> but you should play a Tahoe. Did you play Tahoe? I have played a Tahoe. Oh, I did yeah. that once. I did that once. I have not since been invited back. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know what it was. <laughs> I mean, I did beat Barkley. Wow. Gee, I did beat, know, well, yeah. Hey, I know that. That's the, I yeah. did beat Barkley, and I did beat... Um, who else did I beat? Chris Weber. Chris Weber. You know, he and was probably if Brad Garrett was there, you beat him. Brad was there, I beat him. Yeah, those yes. are the three you have to beat, or you sell your. Otherwise, clothes. I'm not invited back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it did look when I was through with the Ferries, it did look like I took a shovel to it though occasionally. So yeah. I don't know if that's why. But I did replace divots. I did tip the caddy. I mean, I I did everything <laughs> right. I did everything right. Yeah, and but you, I still and, have not. Yeah, and I haven't gotten the invite. Back. Well, that's I'll, okay, I'll try and maybe I'll make yeah. I'll make a phone Pull call. A string. Pull These a string. guys come with me every year because that's the that's all the athletes uh-huh. are there. Right. And 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 you know we get to play with guys we would never meet. I got. I mean, who who was it uh, last year? The Yankee. Who was that? Right. Who, uh, Pettit. Right. Go ahead. Pettit was there last year. Yeah. Pettit. Pettit was there. Who's now back? He's now. Back. Yeah. So yeah. Not uh, yeah. Uh, and no. Vinny Testaverde when he. Yeah. About a year or two after he Testiferi. did a jet thing, yeah. yeah, yeah, the Jets, and you're wearing a jet jersey yeah. right now, correct? A jet, yeah. a jet hoodie, which is yeah. sort of like a Belichick hybrid. <laughs> with maybe that's from the two days that he was the Jet yeah. head coach, right there. The Jet hoodie. When was that? Remember that he was the Jet head coach for two days after Parcells left, and then really? Belichick was in charge, yes, for two days, and then did you guys know? Then that? he, then he yeah, left, yeah, yes, yeah. and then he, and then he uh, resigned on a cocktail napkin. He said resigned on a, a as the HC of the NYJ handed it in, and he was a he was a Patriot two days later. What do you and, mean he signed a cocktail? Yeah, napkin? Yeah, he, he wrote it out on a cocktail napkin. I, I'm no longer the HC of the NYJ. It's very famous. I don't even know if that's in really? the, in, the, in in Canton, Ohio, right now. So uh, I, I guess this is a perfect segue at this point in time. Your yeah. thoughts, Ray Romano, on Tim Tebow, <laughs> now well, part of the New York Jets. We were at. Uh, the game in Denver where he yeah the, the NFL Jets. Network game yeah, yeah. so we, we saw, saw you there yeah, on the sideline yeah. yeah and we saw what Tebow 
can do. Yes. Uh, in the last, you know, minute, he broke our hearts. Um, <laughs> he did. And I, you know, I got to be honest. Like anybody else, there's questions. What does this mean? What does it mean for Sanchez? Uh, what is it going to mean in the locker room? But I'm kind of excited. I mean, uh, I just hope it works out. I just think the possibilities are, are there's a lot of them. I mean, there third are. down and the option and the thing, you just also have to worry. What does it mean for Sanchez's confidence and, uh, you know, that kind of thing? And can it work? Can, can you ha- have two quarterbacks and still nurture the one quarterback? I don't know, but I, I haven't given up on Sanchez, that's for sure. I think he's a good quarterback, and I think he had a, he had a rough year. But, you know, everybody who, who complains, we got to the championship game two, two years, years in a row. row. I know. You know, yeah. Um, so everybody's entitled to, you know, they're entitled to have. He had his sophomore slump in the third year, maybe, or, or you know, there's other reasons. But I... I'm I'm excited to see what happens. What do you think being, you know, you're a native New Yorker, you've seen it, you know what fans do, what fans yeah. feel. I mean, well, that's th- another thing. That's yeah. the whole thing to me is that if Sanchez does well, let's say just say first first drive of the game which, you know, the Jets have had a a big time yeah. problem with for the three straight years, right? First drive of the game, Sanchez completes 3 4 5 passes, they bring in Tebow and they stall. Right? And then why do you bring Tebow in? Then Sanchez does well and bring Tebow in. Then the first pick, first time the Sanchez yeah. comes back, he throws a pick. Why'd you bring Tebow in at all? Yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? There's just so well, many different, I mean, I guess... as you say, different possibilities. Yeah. Maybe I'm looking at it from the two negative side of things. But yeah, that, that... I don't think you bring, I don't think, I, I don't know. I, I don't claim to even have any idea. No, I know you don't know. The... But, but, but I don't think you bring Tebow in. You know, if Sanchez isn't doing well, you still stick with Sanchez. I think you bring Tebow in when... When Tebow's going to make a difference, what they think when they think he's going to make a difference is, you know, third down, three yard, whatever it is, right? Um, where, where they can, you know, have the defense thinking and and use him to the to the best potential. I don't know that you give up on Sanchez. Uh, who knows yeah. what's going to happen, right? I, I mean, like people are already predicting week eight. There's no way Sanchez is a starter because Tebow is going to. Well, you know, do his I mean, Tebow I do. And- I do know this. Winning solves everything. I think if they start winning, it's the best move ever. You know, mm-hmm. if 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 it, if it works out, if Sanchez is having an okay year and they're winning, and and Tebow comes in for those plays where he can make a difference, I I think it's the greatest move ever. So it, yeah, it all goes to are they going to win? And I think Tebow actually will work well in New York because you were there that that night in Denver. Yes. He could not have struggled more mightily yeah. over the first three quarters. You thought uh, you had him, right? You yeah. had the Broncos. You had him. Yeah. You know, you could have used some more points. Yeah, obviously, it was a low scoring game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But he was struggling mightily in in three quarters. And in Denver, it was more of a genteel booing. You know, there wasn't the lusty boos <laughs> that come down from the rafters at Madison Square Garden or Shea Stadium yeah. or from back in the day. But even if he does get that, he compartmentalizes. It looks like he can. He can handle it. I right? think he could, though. Yeah. You know, like, he he talk about tuning it out. We talk about focus before and how you can compartmentalize. Right, right. I think he really can well, let that he, stuff roll off his... He's going to have to, well, but I that's think he the, can. I mean, he's going to have the the biggest test you can have is is New York, I guess. Right. You know, the biggest, you're under the microscope, never more under the microscope than there. 
So uh, we'll find out. I think you're right. I think I think he's got it together up there as far as that goes. Right. Yeah. I don't know. New York, you know, it's a great place for that. It's a great. That's where I started stand up. They let you know when you, whether you're good or bad. <laughs> yes, they do. Right. You know right away, and you got to earn it. Mm-hmm. And which is good, though. Which is good. It's a great place to, to for sports, for that, for for stand up, just to to get your you know your, mm-hmm. your feet wet there. What do the Romano consiglieries think? Yeah, what do you guys? You guys were what do you a little, guys think about uh, it? Torn yeah, by it, I right? Was skeptical at first. But, yeah, and you didn't like because he well, beat us. Well, yeah, yeah, he beat us. And that 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 hurt. That hurt. Also, we <clears throat> we've all we, we we've been a big Sanchez fan. I like to see him succeed. Even like I was I, for Peyton Manning. Yeah. When when there was a lot of talk about that, I always thought I'd rather see Mark Sanchez in the Jets win the Super Bowl than Peyton Manning in the Jets win the Super Bowl. Because really, yeah. Because well, you want you want the guy, the guy yeah, who's been the guy, on the team. We, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you, know, yeah. you don't want to bring in this yeah, no. outsider. He he can, he's felt feels like an outsider now. Yeah, but that'll go away once yeah. he you know. Once but he... yeah, um, I I just hope they give Santa's a chance because I feel like first incomplete pass you're gonna start hearing yeah. the Tebow yeah. chance. Tebow yeah, chance. It puts a lot of pressure on Sanchez. But it could. But I'm also work. excited though at the same time. These are guys. By the way, let me tell you these guys. Yeah, they're 19 now. Yeah, but two years ago, they were. You know they. I'm a big Jeff fan. They make me look sad. They're, they're super diehard. But well, two, the mood altering situations when yes. the Jets lose, right? Mood mood altering. That's scenarios. a story I'm going to tell okay, you. Okay, please go. We were ahead. watching. It was a Miami Monday night game. In we watching in my house in my office. I have a flat screen. And right, they lost in the last minute. They, these guys had the jerseys on, head to toe, and I, I could see there was going to be trouble when the Miami was driving or whatever it was. And I go, guys. You better behave now if they lose. <laughs> sure enough, they lose. Game over. They both go on the floor. They both hit the deck, heads down, prone on the floor of my office. Mm-hmm. I shake my head. I go, all right. I was going to yell at them. I go, let me just give them, give them some time. I go out. I'm not making this up. 45 minutes later, I come back. Same exact position. Didn't move. One of them had fallen asleep. One of them had fallen asleep. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Right? One of you guys fell asleep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Mm. So, um, yeah, we our house lives and dies by the Jets. We're only as happy as, as the unhappiest Jet fan. I remember the last time I had that situation, the last yeah. time I did something like that, yeah. was the 95 Yankees lost to the Seattle Mariners. In that game five, Jack McDowell gives up the double in the corner to Edgar Martinez, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and Ken Griffey Jr. scored, and the Yankees were done. And I knew Mattingly was not maybe not coming and back. And that, was that, that was it. That was it. That was Mattingly. Yeah. That's over. You know, Mattingly's still part of my ATM code. You know, I mean, that's the sort of craziness that I've <laughs> you got. Can't say that I, on the air. I didn't give it all away. Yeah. Got to give it all away. All I gave right. away a small portion of it. What's his number? What's yeah. Manley's number? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. People are suddenly going yeah. through that right now. And but yeah. at any rate, I, I did remember um, Brent Musburger did the call. That's how it's just ingrained in my head. Right, right. Turn the television off. Turn the lights off. Sat there. For a good forty-five minutes. Yeah, seriously. You were, I did, you're I didn't a grown fall. man. I was you're a grown, grown man. man at the time. I was not nineteen. I yeah. was I was twenty-five at the time. Yes, right. but that right. was the last time that I, I. I'm pleased to say that I guess yeah. I've done that. But I did not fall asleep. That's an impressive. Yeah. That's an impressive. These, these guys. We were talking about Yankee fans because we're again they're diehard Yankee fans. Right. We were in um, Martha's Vineyard, and the owner of uh, the Red Sox invited me to the uh, Warner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So if you're a good dude. Yeah, he is a great guy. And he invited us to come in his his thing, Mm -hmm. his for a game. And I go, guys, we got to go. Nope, not going, not going. I go, we're going. You got to go to Fenway. Mm -hmm. You're a Yankee fan or not. You want to see Fenway. It's the classic old stadium. You got to go once. They go, all right, I'm wearing I'm wearing my Yankee shirt. Oh boy. I'm like, you're not wearing a Yankee shirt in the owner's box. Right. So underneath, underneath the shirt, they underneath the it was like ninety eight degrees out, and underneath the shirt he had they had the Yankee shirt under the thing. But I remember being in the box. This I'm gonna go on a side side sure. story here. I don't know. I, you're not I don't know how old you are, I don't want to ask you, but it's all right. I had just turned fifty mm-hmm. and we got into the owner's box and the suite upstairs. And, you know, it was Fenway and, I, you know, Bucky Dent and all this. I'm, oh, I'm reliving yeah. my childhood and I'm, sure. I just turned 50, so I'm in that middle age. You're a man you know, of a certain I'm, age. Yeah, so I'm kind of right. thinking about, you know, life and this mm-hmm. kind of stuff. I'm in a little crisis mode and it's, <laughs> it's I'm, I'm, I'm actually getting emotional looking at Fenway, you know. And, and, and I see these portraits of uh, the old time Boston Red Sox and one is uh, Bobby Doerr, mm-hmm. right? And, he, and he's there and it's 1940-something it says on the thing. And I've just looked, and I, this is going to sound depressing, but in my head, I'm just looking at him. I'm going, boy, you know, it just life goes by. Look, this guy, he was at the top of the world. And now what? He's gone. Mm-hmm. Everybody, you know, you got to live life because wow. there he goes. What a bummer. So, yes, I'm thinking this. I'm thinking that, and I'm just, I'm getting a little emotional. Yeah, I just turned 50. It's a big one. Okay. And I'm in, I'm, I'm there, you know, and, and, <laughs> and then all of a sudden I just walk out to the, uh, to the seats, you know, off the deck there, and I'm looking at the field, and I'm thinking of the, all, you know, everything. And I hear the announcer go, ladies and gentlemen, if you turn your attention to center field, coming out to throw the first pitch, Bobby Doerr is coming out to throw. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah! <laughs> and he threw the first, he was great. He was like, he's, eight, he's 86 years old. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I'm like, everybody lives forever! <laughs> <laughs> what a yeah. life affirming moment! Yeah, it was. It was pretty special. Bobby Door. Yeah, but boy, you you were down in the trenches there before. I wasn't Bob, down. Thank God Bobby you know, threw you get the reflective. First pitch. You get okay. reflective. You, you were know? deep. You, you turned... were deep in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, how do you think the Jets? Give me a number of wins. Give me a number of wins for the I'm gonna, Jets in I'm 2012. Gonna, I am very optimistic there, and when it comes to that, but my own life, I'm pessimistic. Right. When it comes to sports, I'm a dreamer. But I'm going to say, I'm going to go eleven. 11 and 5. Yeah. 11 and 5. Yep. And of course, in their division, that means wild card, right? I mean, come on. <laughs> you know, tied. I mean, you they're never tied. know. Okay. T- they go to a coin, they go to the tiebreaker. Okay. They go to the, the ninth tiebreaker, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So 11 and 5. Yes. And and, and and Sanchez, so you're a I'm dreamer. Saying, so San- I'm saying Sanchez is having a good year. And I'm going to say Tebow, too. But I'm, I think Sanchez is going gonna, is gonna to prove a lot of people wrong. He's, he's going to show that he really can do it. Yeah. And of all the circumstances that he's going to have to do it in to get to get That's like that, I mean, talk about trial by fire. Yeah, you get or your, crucible well, or anything like that. Well, or you get baptism, I guess, if yeah. he's the whole Tebow thing. But maybe I it's mean, what he, you know, maybe it's what he needs. Who knows? Maybe it's just exactly what he needs to just. I mean, I'm sure he, he's 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 a motivated guy, but you never know. The, the, the dynamic may just be what works. There's, I mean, and you being a Jet fan, I never recall this situation this is new even for jet even for the jet craziness where anything can sort of happen yeah I mean, there wasn't a, you know what i mean I, no there was never a, a, a one a big there was always the number one quarterback right there was always was richard todd yeah. you remember you may not have been happy with the number one quarterback right. ken o'brien right? right pat ryan you know i mean 
Ken O'Brien went ten and zero. He did one year, right? And then, and then what he happened? Lost the last six <laughs> games. Yeah, yeah, no. Jet fans are always looking for the yeah. trap door, and I'm bet too. When you woke up, you two guys, yeah. when you woke up, did you still watch football the rest of the day to see if the Jets would have made it had they won? Did you do that well, sort that of torture was, exhibit? That was you never, you never really when did you were that. laid on the ground. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. When they laid on the ground on week, in week seventeen after they lost to the Dolphins. Uh, Did you torture yourself to see if the Jets I, would have made the playoffs by seeing the rest of the day's action? Yeah, or you we just turned off the set. That, I think it was we, the Titans needed to lose for the Jets to get oh. in. We were praying for the Titans to win. So you didn't have to worry so about it. So we didn't it. have to worry that oh, the Jets could have pulled it off. See, that's fans right there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, they already were out. The Jets were out. Yeah. The Jets were already out, yeah. but they but then I, you wanted true, Jet, the fans, true yes. Jet fans yes. want to make, you know, that made you feel, at no, least yeah. the team didn't let yeah. you down. Circumstances Remember, let you, was, the football gods let you down. It, it makes you feel a little better. They were going for two for the win you instead of to tie it. That's right. Yeah. And we're like, oh, please miss this, please miss this. And the snap went over the guy's head. Oh, yeah, for the whole game, just fell on it, and they lost, and... Right, right, right. Yeah. We were in Cabo. We were in Cabo. Yeah. We were on our vacation, and they didn't want Very to come. Nice. They were going to fly out after because they didn't want to stay home. Because what if they don't get the game in Mexico? We'll find the game somewhere. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I mean, you get it on your iPad and stuff yeah. like that now. Yeah, the Direct yeah, TV. Yeah, yeah. So uh, RayRomano dot com is a place to get tickets for your shows in May with Kevin James at the Mirage. Right? Uh, April, any... It's it's this month. It's this month. Yeah, April. It's two weeks. Yeah. Okay, and so it's, it starts. Let me just get this darn thing straight. Then, when it starts, uh, it's a week. It's it, Friday, Saturday. Not maybe. Okay, but go three, to go to yeah. RayRomano.com. dot com. Mirage, you go to the Mirage website too. We don't. We don't. That 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 yeah. here in the National Football League. We All don't. Right. We don't know what you're talking. Right. Mirage yeah. is something in a in, in a in, in a desert. desert. Yeah, we don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, if you want to go see Ray Romano in this something called the Mirage in a town. Known as Las Vegas. Well, because they they put on shows there. They, they have do. shows, and you have roller coasters. And, they do. There's yeah. all sorts of things. There's a lot of entertainment to go there. there. Shops, <laughs> shops. There's golf, spa. Yeah. RayRomano.com. Kevin James, another funny guy. Big. He's a Jet fan too. He is a Jet fan. Do and know, Adam Sandler too. Adam huge. Sandler. I know. Yeah. I know. Do you, Do you know their thoughts on Tebow or no? You don't know their thoughts. I think Kevin loves Tebow. He does. Yeah. Yeah. He's gonna yeah. like that. Yeah. He's into Tebow. Fantastic. Yeah. So, uh, RayRomano.com for tickets. Ice Age 4, The Continental Drift, opening worldwide on July 13th July. as well. Yeah, I got a documentary coming out Father's Day called 95 Miles to Go. It's a comedy tour I took in the middle of Raymond when Raymond was at his heyday. Mm-hmm. Me and my buddy during the hiatus went across the country. We filmed it. We got a very funny documentary coming out. And that's coming out? It's going in the store. It's going on, on DVDs on, DVD. on Father's Day. And RayRomano.com, I imagine you can get information oh, yeah. there. Yeah, you'll as get well. info. Very good. Thanks Great. For com- thanks for coming on. This was fun. Yeah. This was a lot of can fun. Can you edit this or is it live? Actually, the audio version is the whole, the whole thing. There's no oh. editing. We don't edit here. There's no edit button. But the video well. you can edit. Video, yeah. I mean, we only have it's only a half an hour show. All right. So cut me out. Keep no, them in. <laughs> no, that's that's not a, not all. And, and I guess while you're here, how was your NFL Network experience oh, as interns? Yeah. How was you can put you could put management on blast. By the way, please go for could it. You, w- could you make eye contact with him? Were you allowed it's to? A- <laughs> No. No? <laughs> Come on now. Well, you weren't Don't here. Say that no, sort of stuff. No. I wasn't here, right? It was great. It was, you know, working, getting paid to do something that we enjoy. No. Yeah, being around football. Yeah, and, being and around football. You saw Warren Sapp, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
Oh, yeah. but if we are we all cool? We're good. <laughs> no, they like it. Okay, good. It's the only, by the way, it's the first and only job they've ever had. Okay, so <laughs> and as they say in the NFL, nobody could take that away from you. Nobody yeah. could ever take that. I don't. know. Whenever they say that, I don't know who the it is. Nobody ever tries to take anything away from anybody. Yeah, yeah. I don't understand what that concept. Who they is. are it's exactly. A, the Thanks way. for coming on. All right, man. You bet. fix it. Fix it in post. It's all good. Ray Romano <laughs> here on the Rich Eisen podcast. Thank you. Alone. Eleven and five. There you go. Joining me now on the Rich Eisen podcast is a man who is already, already sixth all time on the career sacks list for Pittsburgh Steelers football. Michigan man Lamar Woodley, good to see you. How you doing? How are you? I didn't even know I was six. You did not know that, did I'm you? Six all time already. Sixth in Steelers history in six years. Six. Huh? That's not bad. Huh? <laughs> not bad. You didn't not know that. You really? I, didn't know I really that? didn't know. Well, you can hunt, <laughs> Lamar Woodley. You, you sure can hunt. How how you doing? Oh, I'm doing fine. You know, enjoying this this week in L.A. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice weather out here. A little different from uh, being back home in Pittsburgh, Michigan. Right. Uh, so I'm just enjoying the scenery out here. What about the new <clears throat> CBA where you can't get in? You're not, or let's put it this way, required to get in until mid-April. Do you like that? I'm not mad at it at all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm not mad about it. Uh, but I've been I've been training anyways back at home. Um, so you know, going up to the facility. Really don't mean much to me, you know. As far as the playbook, our playbook don't change. You know, we under, we understand the the defense and everything. We're not like an offense where we got to get our timing down with routes and all that. We're we're just mm-hmm. a de- we're a defense, and uh, defense has been working together for a long period of time. And uh, once OTA started up, then we have opportunity to just finally start working together. What is it like playing for a guy like Dick LeBeau? Explain it for the fans. What what is that? Because we hear so much about his Hall of Fame mind and and the type of person that he is. We've seen the the. Uh, the homage, the I guess the tips of the caps that you have given him uh, throughout your your time mm-hmm. as, a, as a unit. What is it like playing for Dick LeBeau? Um, it's it's a great opportunity. You know, somebody that's played this game, uh, somebody's been around this game for a long time. You know, Coach LeBeau comes to the meeting room always excited. You know, he he's he's not the type of guy that's going yell or say this or say that. He just very he's very calm. And one thing I recognize about Coach LeBeau is when we're on the sideline, you see a lot of coaches, you know, doing a play calling from cards. Mm-hmm. Coach, LeBeau, Coach LeBeau get the, the personnel when they come in the game, and he just they get a play from the top of his head. He makes the plays from the top of his head. He don't look at a card. Mm-hmm. You know, and Coach LeBeau, just, he's got a great mind, and I like how he approached the game. Definitely, you know, when, when we're going into play, he might put a defense in this week and show you somewhat, mm-hmm. and then next week we'll run a whole different play that kind of looks like the one we ran the week before. Do you feel you were built? For what he runs, that you were put on this planet to do that, I was I was built for for a three four defense and to play with Coach DeBow, you know, having an opportunity to get after the quarterback, and and now really I, I drop back in coverage a lot as well, you know. So when people see me out there on receivers, they might think uh, we got a mismatch against a big outside linebacker, but. I think I'm a shut down linebacker. You're sucked. I'm a shut down linebacker. Is there such a thing? I didn't know there was such a thing as a shut down linebacker. I take I take pride when I'm out there against receivers because I'm thinking about it. the quarterback sees a big guy like me against receivers. He's thinking, oh, I'm going this way, mm-hmm. but I'm like, no, I'm gonna shut you down today. You know, you're gonna work on catching this pass. What was the 2011 season like for you? What was it like, Lamar? Well, you know, things was going good. Kind of started off slow. Uh, we lost some close games, and, you know, we had a lot of injuries, and I I pulled my hamstring the week against uh, the New England Patriots. Uh, I had I had nine sacks, and I was on my way to get number 10 and pulled my hamstring. So it was just kind of like a season where I was just trying to get back. You know, one week I'll try to fight back, hamstrings start hurting again. 
then I tried to come back during the San Francisco game. Was feeling pretty good up until the end of the third quarter. Hurt my hamstring again, and I'm I'm out again. Uh, I played in the Denver Bronco game, and just wasn't just wasn't hundred percent the whole year. You know, just just fighting that hamstring injury just held me back, and um, held a lot of us back because we had injuries all across the board. What so was it was it the lockout in the fact that you weren't you weren't able to be around was it a hangover of the Super Bowl loss that people always talk about I mean it just seemed that the Steelers last year were just a gear off certainly based on what we saw the year before I don't think it wasn't a lockout it was just just injuries we had a lot of injuries you look at the defense side you know I was hurt um uh, first James Harrison was hurt he missed about four games um I was hurt um Aaron Smith went down. Um, Casey Hampton, um, he had an injury. Um, we had to move Lawrence Simmons from from inside, out of position from inside to outside linebacker. Uh, one game we was without Ryan Clark and we played played in Denver. I mean, we just had a lot of guys hurt. Ben was hurt all year. I mean, he had the ankle injury. We had a lot of injuries all around. That, that, that ankle injury <laughs> happened on Thursday Night Football on NFL Network against Cleveland. And yeah. he just he's just – that you know, you you know Ben. It's it just when he plays his style of football, he's the type of quarterback where the play begins after he's hit. <clears throat> you as a quarterback hunter know that normally when you hit the quarterback, the play is over. Right. With Ben, and many times it just begins after he gets hit. And after that ankle injury, he was just like the other rest of the quarterbacks who, when they get hit, the play is over. Yeah. And that's just a different ball of wax for you. Yeah, him. we just, like I said, it was it was injuries that really killed us. You know, you look at Marquise Pouncey, he was hurt. And we just had injuries all across Mendenhall. the board. Yeah, Mendenhall. I mean, sir, I mean, injuries is something you can't control. just things that happen. That's not due to the lockout because Ben, you know, sprained his ankle. Somebody tackled him and took him mm-hmm. down. That's nothing to do with the lockout of Marquise Pounce. He hurt his ankle. It was just, it just injuries that happened. You know, I'm running and pulling my hamstring. It's just something that happened. Yeah, and obviously you starting the, the season, uh, the playoff season on the road in Denver where, where Clark can't play because of his condition. I mean, that was that was pretty huge too. So injuries are, are one thing. I thought you'd come here and say, well, the Ravens were just the better team. No, I'm not going to say that. I mean, coming out the gate doing the first game, they, they was a better team. You know, we played them down there in Baltimore, and they was a better team. You know, they came out and, and took it to us. You know, we had a lot of turnovers, uh, gave up a lot of big plays. And I, I, I even remember one play where they were up, and um, they went for two. So you know what that goes to say, you know, what the coach was really trying to say to Pittsburgh. If a team is up by, like, 15 or 20 points mm-hmm. and you go for two, yeah, I don't know if you noticed that, but oh, I noticed that. But they did that. Well, it was also on our air where you, you basically <clears throat> said that Flacco is never going to make the Super Bowl because he's got to go through Pittsburgh. That was something that you said last summer, right? Is that something that you regret saying? No, I don't regret saying that at all. I mean, I think as somebody who's you know who's who, who's competing and you're in the same division, you can't say somebody's in your division is going to win a Super Bowl because that says you're at home that that year. Or you're not going to the Super Bowl, you know. As a as a football player, any sport, every year the goal should be Super Bowl, NBA Finals, national championship, whatever. Sure, that's the ultimate goal. And to say somebody in my division is going to win a Super Bowl, I'm pretty sure if you ask them the same question, do you think uh, such and such will ever win a Super Bowl? If they say yeah, that means you're already you're already folding, you're already quit before the game even started. Do you think Flacco has, because <clears throat> you've seen your quarterback has won a Super Bowl, do you mm-hmm. think Flacco has the skills to be a Super Bowl winning quarterback? Let's put it that way. Well, you know what? They they actually got pretty close this year. I mean, they had the game against the Patriots pretty much won. 
you know, um, that, that pass in the end zone. Lee Evans. And Lee Evans and that, you know, the cornerback from uh, New England did a great job of, you know, continue playing and got the ball out of his hand. That was, there was one player away from actually playing to the Super Bowl. So do they have the skills to get there? Yeah. I mean, they proved that this year, that they, they do have the talent around and he is a quarterback that can get them to the Super Bowl because they were just one player away from getting there. Right. So you can you can allow that. Huh? You can't allow and that. We already because we had we was already eliminated. You know, <laughs> yeah, we lost. I love it. You I know, love it. we lost. You know, but sure. You know, I, I still feel like they had to get through the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, but we're giving we had to give ourselves an opportunity. But once we lost to Denver, the, the opportunity was was gone, and they had an opportunity to go there, but they didn't beat New England. Now, I, I, again, you haven't constituted as a team yet because of the CBA rules. You're not in until April. But so much is being made about the offensive side of the ball. I know that's not your unit and that's not your your side of the football, but it is your team. Is there anything you could tell the fans, the Steelers, who are sort of a little bit on edge that they brought in Todd Haley and that he may not mesh with Ben and that this may be an issue moving forward, that Coach Tomlin may not have wanted Haley, that management from up above has sort of ruled in a way that they rarely do with the coaching staff? Man, I'm looking at this guy's resume. When he was in Arizona and took that team to the to the Super Bowl where they played us, that offense was explosive. And he was the he was the offensive coordinator. They was explosive. They they had the receiving group. I mean, they were making a lot of plays. And I, I mean Kansas City they didn't they didn't quite have the talent that, you know, Arizona had. But I think overall he's a good coach. That's that's what I think. I mean, when you're in the NFL, if you can't take a coach climbing down or in your face, you shouldn't be playing there. I mean, if a coach is going to get after you because he wants the best out of you, I respect that. You should want the best out of your players. You should be able to get in their faces. You know what you're going to do, quit? I mean, <laughs> do that. I I love to see that. I like to see coaches fired up. Yell at me every now and then. Oh, oh Lamar is, is going to be okay. I, I don't want that. You know, so if he's that kind of coach and he's going to bring that type of attitude to our offense and help us put points on the board mm-hmm. and help us win, help us get back to the Super Bowl and win that, I'm all fine. But for you know, it. quarterbacks are different creatures, though, right? That's all I hear. Certainly from SAP, people from the defensive side of the ball say quarterbacks sometimes don't like people in their faces. And and Ben, again, has had uh, Arians that they somebody who he has had at his side. Now it's somebody completely different. You don't think that's going to be an issue? That's the name of the NFL. Not for long. You don't you don't always work with the same same person forever. Everything changes. Whether it's receivers, Heinz Ward is gone. He had to adjust to new receivers. Different offensive lines has been been there. He had to adjust to it. Now it's a new offensive coordinator. You something you got to adjust to. When Ben was there, he was there with Bill Coward. Now Coach Tomlin came in. I mean, it's just adjustments that you have to make, and you got to be willing to make those adjustments. So where do you get this concept from, this this belief from, where just yell at me? Is that a... Is that a Michigan thing? No. Is, did, did Lloyd and, and, and the staff there get in your face and get you, I guess, ready for the next level in the real world I in mean, that respect? you got to think about it. When you were in Little League, you got yelled at. Mm-hmm. Those coaches yell at you. You know, they, they say stuff like, man, I can't believe that coach said that to me. But it's just something, it's, it's part of the game. You you have to yell at people sometimes to motivate them. And the, people, and the ones that, that can't take someone yelling at them, they usually quit. They don't usually last that long. Even in high school, college, coaches yell at you. At the next level, it's still football. Now it's just you're you're older, and you're making money, but you still need somebody <laughs> climbing down your throat. I mean, it don't bother me at all. And but it's at it's at every level. So who's the one who climbs down your throat? Is it Tomlin? 
because you said LeBeau doesn't really raise his voice very Coach, much. Coach Tomlin, Coach Tomlin will yell. You know, he will say things on the sideline. You know, we'll, when you're going to get a sack, you know, he 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 said a lot of different things. You know, uh, my my linebacker coach Keith Butler, he might yell every now and then, but it doesn't bother me. It's part of fo- it's football. You know, I don't even pay attention to that. You don't even so, pay attention to that, right? Yelling don't bother me. I mean, you're not physically like hitting me or anything like that. So, you, well, you could definitely take care yeah, of yourself exactly. if that's the sort of thing. <laughs> so, what what else are you what else are you up to? Let me let me pull the hood off of the Lamar Woodley car right here. I mean, what else do you do when you're not on the football field? What else are you up to? Well, usually, you know, spending the off season with my daughter. That's pretty much. How I mean, old, how old you not just on off. I mean, the off season all no, year. I know run. that. Yeah. No, but obviously, when you're not in, right. the, in the regular scheme right. of things, right? Listen, there's a playing season and a non-playing season <laughs> right. in the National Football League. There's no really <laughs> such thing as an off season. Right. That's what we always say here. Uh, but when you say that, obviously, you spend. You're able to spend more time. Yeah, more time. With how her, yeah. old is your daughter? Four. What's her name? Gabrielle. Well, how have you changed with her in your life? How how have you changed as a person? Oh, uh, I mean, everything has a, has a change. You know, every decision that you make is based on you know your daughter and your family. You know, whether it's you know as far as like business, taking care of your money, you know, setting up things for her, mm-hmm. setting up a wheel in case something happened to you. I sure. mean, a lot of different things change because now you have to think about my daughter. How does this, this affect my daughter? You know, and and that's just that's just the biggest thing. You want to make sure that she's set for the rest of. You know the rest of your life. You know, like the money you're making now. Don't look at the money as like this money's for now. You got to think about this. No, this money is for my daughter, and you know you want to teach her how to manage it so she passes on to her kids and her kids' kids. Uh, so that's that's the biggest thing for me. Mm-hmm. And what is it like when she watches you play? Oh, <laughs> it's it's unbelievable. She know players on the team at four years old. Yeah. Actually, at three, like Lawrence. One time, Lawrence Timmons stepped on my arm in the game, and I came on. She said, "Dad, what happened to your arm?" I'm like, uh, Lawrence Timmons stepped on it. Lawrence Timmons. And she just remembered, yeah, I remember he stepped on daddy's arm. Right. Like Troy, and she knows Ben. Like, Well, Troy's the guy with the yeah, hair, with right? The hair, I mean, yeah. Certainly for a three-year-old, that's the easiest <laughs> one to remember. But right? no, I mean, she she knows everybody. Heinz Ward. Like, that's great. She can call him by the name. That's right. It's unbelievable, man. And, and you keep her away from Harrison so she doesn't get scared? Because he's a scared <laughs> I keep away Uncle from, James, uh, you know, keep away from No, Uncle, Uncle James, James has um, a few boys. Okay. I got to keep her away from <laughs> You know, because he's, you know, trying to become matchmaker, you know, like, oh. hey, Lamar, uh, you know, I got a son. I'm like, no, nah, man, you know, keep your do- keep your son yeah. away from my daughter. Well, it's time for that later. Or man. you got Larry Foote always talking, hey, man, my daughter beat up your daughter. <laughs> it's a little, little joke, yeah, you know, it, it's always like that. All right, I, I can't let you go without talking Michigan football. Last year. Mm-hmm. Last year, did you expect last year? Because Brady Hoke helped recruit you, right? He was part of the staff when you were recruiting. Yeah, he was part of the staff. Yeah, back in the day, mm-hmm. did you expect even that a double-digit win season, BCS win last year out of Brady Hoke? Well, I, I didn't, I didn't, I don't know about like a a BCS win, but I felt like um, we had a good man for the job. You know, just I thought it was just going to be more of like a rebuilding type thing. You know, but he came in, he brought that offense in, brought that defense in, and got after it. He he really got after it because, you know, when you had Rich Ride there, you had to spread offense, and that spread offense was only going to take you so far because, you know, you got a quarterback taking hits after hits each and every week. Definitely not going to last a whole season in that type of offense. Yeah, well, a spread offense maybe could have worked, right? Right, mm-hmm. But you know the DNA of, of Michigan football. I mean, you're, you're, you're – 
a guy from Saginaw, you know? Right. I mean, you you know what the, the DNA of, of Big Ten Michigan football right. is. And, I mean, uh, and I'm from New York. I, I sort of surfed into it, you know, at age 20, age, you know, 18, age 19. Even I was like, "Where's the fullback? You know, where, where, you know, where is that tight end who's taking somebody's helmet off?" You, you know? know what? You know what? So it was that offense. No, the offense They're, works. I know it no, works. No, no, the offense was actually the number one scoring offense in like NCAA at that time. Well, it was the deep. It was a defense. No that's, doubt. No, I know that. When but, Rich Rod was there, the defense was bad. But the offense kept putting the defense right back on the field. I mean, you, it, the defense was was so bad that you needed an offense. That 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 came up with an eight, nine, ten minute long drive every now and then. No. That's the way I I felt looking at this thing. I'm like, why are you know oh, great? So it's seven nothing. You know that 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 win that win against what Illinois was it like sixty one fifty nine or whatever was the final it, score of that Because of the defense, the defense is the defense is bad. Even this year, the offense was good, but the defense wasn't. The Probably defense, the screws on yeah, the defense. the defense needed to be tightened up. Even when Rich Rod was there, they had a high. The offense, they they put a lot of points on the board. The defense just couldn't stop nobody. The defense was like I don't know they run a three five three. I, I don't know, I don't what, know it's what it's called, it was. It but was the defense mess. the defense was bad. I know, but so you you wouldn't have had a problem with them. You you would not have a problem with a a spread Michigan offense. You would not have a problem. Well, it wasn't going to get if it's winning, obviously. No, definitely if it's winning, but they weren't going to get the top recruits there. The top running back wasn't going to come there. Top receiver wasn't going to come not? there because a, a top running back want to run the ball. He don't want the quarterback to have the option to say. Well, I'm going to give you the ball. Maybe not. Mm-hmm. Or I might pass the ball. Maybe not. I might take off running. You know, as a receiver, you want the ball. As a running back, you want to run the ball. The quarterback has too many options. Ah, I might keep it this time. Here you go, running back. You run. You know, you don't want to be in the offense like that. Do you think Denard can make it at the next level? I think he can. I think he's going to um, go to receiver. You think so? <laughs> Truth be told, I, I, I think he's, he's going to go to receiver. But not, not at a quarterback position at the next level. He probably could go to quarterback. No, but, no, you never say never. I understand. Yeah, that. but I, I, I think he's your receiver. I think at next he's, level, he's fast. He, he's so fast. I think receiver I've never seen be anything spot. like that. Yeah, receiver be my spot for him. Yeah, yeah. Because I'll, I'll tell you, in terms of speed, speed, um, I've never seen anybody that fast in right. Michigan. The two guys though who I saw fast from the line of scrimmage to the quarterback, you, and from sideline to sideline, David Harris. <laughs> In the 25 years that I've been watching hey, Michigan hey, football. I, and I got drafted 46. He went 47 the same year. Is that right? <laughs> you were back to back. Back to back. That's right. Back to back. Man, and you guys were on the same field at the same time. That was great to watch. Uh, what do you think Urban Meyer is going to do? At do Ohio think... State? I don't know. I really don't care, honestly. I love it. I don't. What, you, because you're focused on your professional career? Or well, you just I, just, just I really don't care because I remember the one year uh, – where Ohio State was one, and we were in uh, Michigan. We were number two. Yes, and we played, and Ohio State beat us. And uh, Florida, you know, uh, he campaigned pretty much, saying, "Oh, we don't want to see that game anymore. Florida should be in a national championship. This mm-hmm. and that." He campaigned to be in there pretty much. And Coach Carr didn't say anything. He just kind of stood back and let everything kind of like play out. Where Urban Meyer kind of campaigned and say, "My team should be in there," and they beat Ohio State. But he campaigned. And now he's at Ohio State. I mean, I just really don't care. Well, we also know who Lloyd Carr's last career win was against Urban Meyer and the University of Florida. That's right. And That's interestingly right. enough, with Rich Rod standing on the sideline, Lloyd spread him out. He ran a spread offense with Henny and everybody, and he beat Florida at his own game. And I, I mean, it was one of the greatest send offs of, of any coach that I've seen. You know what? I, I think that game right there, right they kind of just opened up the playbook and said, listen, we're going to run everything. 
I know. And once you once they did that, it's kind of. And I was at Bo Schembechler's last game. If I can date myself, um, I was at Bo's last game. It was the Rose Bowl against USC, and uh, Bo of all things. I mean, he was as conservative as you could possibly imagine. Of all things, in the last five minutes of his career, called for a fake punt, and it worked. And Michigan with a first down, right down there in the red zone in the Rose Bowl, and they're going to beat USC, but there was a flag for holding on Bobby Abrams, who eventually played for the New York Giants. Uh-huh. Total phantom hold. It was, it was BS. <laughs> sort of like the helmet-to-helmet call that, that cost us in that one-versus-two game against oh, Ohio State. Okay, that, that totally reversed everything. And At any rate, long story short, I'm bitter. And um, Bo got so upset, he threw his hat, he threw his headset, and he darn near went ass over tea kettle right down on the floor. He almost got 15 yards on top, so it was 10 back, and then another 15 Michigan was over. That was the way Bo went out. The way Lloyd went out was a completely different story. Hey, you know what? Now I think about it, I had an opportunity to, to play and meet some some uh, some great people, you know, with Coach mm-hmm. Carr, and mm-hmm. had a chance to, you know, sit down and talk to Coach uh, Bo Schembechler when he used to be at the facility, you know, Dick LeBeau. Right. I mean, I've been around. You have, <laughs> and you know what, uh, Dick LeBeau and, and Woody Hayes from uh, you know from uh, Ohio, Ohio State. State. So, hey, well, Bo, you yeah, know, this Bo is great. Woody, Bo Woody, <laughs> the ten year war everyone's talking about. Right. If Urban sticks around for that long, right. people don't think so because Brady Hoke. I don't think will ever leave. You know, I'm knocking on wood right there. Could be another ten year war with with Brady and, and Urban. Hey, that that would be great. That could be a good thing. And now that you said that, you know, I made me think about that Rich Rod thing when you was asking me earlier mm-hmm. about how people. Uh, I know maybe I think some ex players, or maybe you had heard that. Yeah, that he wasn't too friendly to the ex players, and you said it's completely not yeah, true. yeah. Because when I first met Rich Rod, I remember I came up there. I met Rich Rod, and the first thing he said to me, man, it was nice. It's nice to meet you. Make sure you tell all the players to come back here, cool. work out. The facility is always open. Anytime, I'm like, man, this is good. I, I like this guy already. So when I started working out at Michigan after I left, that was the first time that I had seen like so many ex players come back and train at one time. And uh, Mike Barris, he was just like, it pretty much he he left a session open for all the guys to come and train for free. Didn't charge one guy a dime, and he's still like that right now because he have a facility down in um in Plymouth, Michigan, where I'm training at now, and he's just that kind of guy. You know, right. high energy guy. Doors always open. He's willing to do anything for anybody. So that. that was one thing about Rich Rod that I respect. Because I, I heard, I heard a few players say, and I'm like, that's not true. Like the doors was was open. That's the bottom line is the the what I heard again. Rich Rod, great guy, nice right. guy, successful coach. That offense definitely has success written all over it. If it's the right people in in the right school right. and the right, it just wasn't a fit. At Michigan, it just wasn't, and good luck to him in the Pac-12. And I will go to battle with Brady Hoke every Saturday, possibly. <laughs> oh no, no, I'm not. I'm not. No, no, saying, no, no, no. I'm oh, just saying. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's the. I'm not. Oh, saying, okay, okay. Uh, no, 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 no. It's just that that that's what I'm saying is that Rich Rod got a bad bad rap, right? In many ways that you say is untrue, which right. I'm glad to hear. Right. In that respect, it's just it just wasn't a fit. Yeah, because it was the things where it was or, on the field, off the field issue, or players practicing too long. I know somebody was definitely had an axe to grind there. There's no doubt about that. Right. Hey, Lamar, thanks for... And again, you're you're ready to roll, right? Healthy, 100%. Oh, ready man, to go. hamstring When you're open is, in April, you're ready to go. That's going to be trouble this year. How many sacks this year? You got a number? I got a number, but I don't like to say. Okay. But uh, it's definitely going to be a great season for us, because like I said, I miss 
almost half the season last year. Mm-hmm. So uh, somebody got to pay for that. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's got to pay for that. Somebody got to pay for the rest of the AFC. And if, <laughs> if you're lucky, one team in the NFC. Good to and, see you. Yep. Good to it. see you. You yep. bet. That is Lamar Woodley of the Pittsburgh Steelers on the Rich Eisen podcast. Well, this podcast officially will not be downloaded by anybody who went to the Ohio State University, <laughs> for sure, because now here on the podcast, entering his sixth year in the National Football League, wide receiver from the Kansas City Chiefs, former Michigan Wolverine as well, Steve Breston. Good to see you, Steve. How you doing? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. So uh, I want the real skinny about what's going on in Kansas City. The real skinny? Yes. On what? I don't know. Well, let's start with your quarterback. Quarterback Matt Matt Castle, right? Yes, he's your guy. Yes, he's gonna be the guy. Yes, there's no question about it. No he's question the guy. about it. No question about it. Okay, I think uh, you know he's. A, I mean, he could play. I think um, right now with him, you know, just uh, you know, with me getting there, you know, there's a, a bunch of other things, new pieces to the puzzle, and I mean, we went on a four game win streak, and I think that's the time when he was starting to get adjusted. And right, he's playing well, and then he ended up getting hurt, you know, mid season, but. I think he'd get the job done. Right. So you have no... There's no doubt. There's no doubt on that. Well, of course, you're also not going to go on NFL Network, call out your quarterback. That would, however, help the <laughs> podcast, if you really want to help a fellow Michigan man. But if that's not the way you that, feel, then that's, that's fine. That's not the way I feel. I feel I feel strongly that he's going to come in, he's going to play well. You know, I think, um, you know, just, you know, with the also with new coaching in there, and, you know, I think he's going he's gonna, to he's gonna do a good job. Maybe he's, he's going to react differently on the field. Did he not mesh... With Todd Haley, I mean, was it was there was there an issue? Because man, twice twice off the top of my head, we were running highlights on NFL Game Day highlights and final of the two of them going at it. And I know that happens sometimes, but twice in yeah. public really set off alarm bells in the media. Is that what was going on? Um, you know that you know that might have been the case. You know, uh, but I also think you know that happens a lot around the league. You know, coaches don't mess well with the, you know, the quarterback and things. Situations happen like that. But I really, I'm really excited to see where um, direction Matt goes from here. You know, you know, like I said, it's it's more like it's almost a fresh start. You know, what I'm saying, you know, it's someone he could relate to. You know, he, I think he he played on there in uh maybe in New England, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think, you know, you know, just having that familiar face sure. and him going out there and, you know, having that, um, being comfortable with that coach, I think he's going to play a lot better. Well, I think he watched Tom Brady play <laughs> while Romeo Cornell was there, maybe, you know, because <laughs> that's the whole bit with Castle is that he's, what an interesting career. He never even played at USC. Mm-hmm. He's drafted, and then he he lit it up in the one year that, that Brady was hurt, and that's how he got his way to Kansas City. And that's why people are wondering – can he really do it or not? And that—that's what the question really is about Matt Castle. I mean, I think he proved it. I mean, even with Brady hurt, I mean, he came in and he won games. I mean, they had they had a really good season. I don't, and it's so weird. I don't know how they didn't make the playoffs that year. I mean, they had like a. I know it just was a, the crazy tiebreakers. Yeah, but um, I mean, he played so well, you know, coming in and you know that much pressure. You know, Tom being out and you know, mm-hmm. probably no one expected much, but he came and played so well. So he's done it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like oh he hasn't he hasn't made plays. He made plays with Norm. He's a good leader in the locker room and uh, he knows his football. The so. crazy thing is that not only did they not make it that year, the <laughs> Dolphins were the team. That made yes. it out of the, the Jets. Yes. Favre, you know, sort of collapsed, 
and that's you know far beat Man, Castle on on Thursday night football on NFL Network in New England we, in overtime, which is one of the one of the reasons why uh, the tiebreakers didn't go the Patriots way. Yeah, we 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 joke about it now. Like that's the that's the year we went to the Super Bowl, but then mm-hmm. we went out there and played them. It was like forty something to seven, and they just they blew us out. They did, <laughs> and they didn't even make the playoffs. They yeah, did. when you were in Arizona, yeah. you had some issues going east <laughs> to say the least. Yeah, and I remember that year too that. Uh, Chris Collinsworth called the Cardinals the worst playoff team ever, ever, ever. And I know for for a fact, Wizenhunt was pounding that into your heads, right? How many times did he mention that to you? Uh, I think once, maybe. There had to be more. I, maybe you would know better than I was. But he was he was whipped into a frenzy. He was whipped going into, into yeah. Super Bowl week. Yeah, he whipped. was. He was. He was. I think the. Uh, but if you understood what, like the way we played that year, how we was uh, a lot of times we was up and down, and even when our our East Coast uh, losses, um, the teams we played in the playoffs, like um, even when we played Carolina earlier in that season, mm-hmm. and a lot of people didn't give us a chance to beat, but I think we was up at least like thirteen at half against Carolina the first time we played them. So mm-hmm. I mean, we we had a lot of confidence going in that we could compete with these teams, and we knew that if we just. Uh, we execute our offense because, you know, with Kurt back there, you know, anything was possible. How and, good is Kurt Warner? I mean, we love working with him. Kurt's great. Kurt's great. Kurt's great as a just not, you know, he's, you know, everybody's talking about all these physical tools out there and things like that. But the thing that made Kurt so successful is just that he knew where the ball needed to go and he found the open receiver. And as us receivers, you know, when we're open, we knew we was going to get the ball from Kurt, and we we worked that much hard for him. Right. But I, I just remember that week how nuts Wizenhunt was. And by nuts, this is what I mean, okay? <laughs> uh, total access. We're on the air at the Super Bowl right from Jump Street. You guys arrived on Monday of that week, and uh, the Cardinals kindly sent Wizenhunt and Adrian Wilson over to our set. Kindly. That's what they were kind of do <laughs> They that. put A-Dub over there. <laughs> they did. They sent Adrian Wilson and Ken Wizenhunt to our set. Oh, they Okay, so they, the producers get in my ear and say to me, Wizenhunt and Wilson are here. They're next. And we're going to show a shot of them on the side of the stage when you throw to break. And they're going to come up on stage, shake your hand, and sit down. And then we'll get settled. When we come back, we'll start the segment. I'm like, great, no problem. I'm like, well, hey, look who's off to our, our set. Coming up, Adrian Wilson and, and Ken Wisenhunt. Come on up here, guys. And they come walking up, shake hands with me, and we go to commercial break. And Wisenhunt's still shaking my hand. We're off the air, and he says to me, he goes, I can't believe you would say what you said. I, I, I can't even believe I'm here on your set after what you said. <laughs> and I'm like, automatic. <laughs> Yeah, I'm automatically going through my mental, you know, my mental, uh, I guess, um, air checks in my head, and I'm thinking to myself, I didn't say anything. Uh, By the way, I would never say anything (laughs) critical of another team, you know, on NFL Network that is out of bounds or something that I couldn't back up, right? I would never say something that's offensive, Mm -hmm. for sure. So I'm thinking to myself, what in the world is he talking about? He sits down. It's the most uncomfortable thing because I'm like thinking he's joking. Now I'm realizing he is not joking. joking. He is really pissed at me. He's got that stare. On his he, face. You know, you know the stare. You know that stare. Yeah. Huh? He is staring at me, and I say to him one more time. And there's Marshall sitting there, and there's Warren. I forget who else was sitting there, but the rest of the analysts are sitting there. 
and and uh, it's uncomfortable in the commercial break. Two minutes back, and I just finally said to him, "I'm like, coach, like what what did I say?" <laughs> and he said, "You call us the worst playoff team that's ever been." And I'm like, "I didn't say Is that. that. <laughs> it was Chris Collinsworth who said that." And he goes, "No, no, no, you said it." And I'm like. Coach, I may have reported what Chris Collinsworth was saying, but it's but it not. Wasn't. It wasn't me. It's Chris Collinsworth. He goes, "No, you said it," and I decided to just say whatever. I said, "I know we all look alike, Coach." <laughs> to you, right? I know the time might have fooled you, but it wasn't me. He was ticked off, and Adrian Wilson just comes across as ticked off like every second of the day. Even though I'm I hang out know, with A Dub a lot, he, he got that effect on me. Yeah. Well, he's got like that hard-hitting safety mentality <laughs> yeah. that he carries around him. That's probably what, part of the reason why he's so successful, yeah. right? Yeah. But that was one of the more uncomfortable professional moments for me. <laughs> was that Super Bowl? And that's why I'm like, you wore the, you know, the whole team was whipped into thinking there is no, oh, they man. have no chance. We had it, yeah, we had chip ones. Yeah, man. well, you, you you had the lead with two minutes to go. Yeah. How often do you think of that, Steve? Oh man, Ron Lamar, I think about it a lot. He he likes to, he likes to rub it in my face a lot, you know. Yeah. How they won that game, but I mean, Ed, that was it was it's crazy. I and like every year you go into now, like you want to get back to the Super Bowl because mm-hmm. that's just like when I when I got there, it was it was one of those things that you, when you got to the Super Bowl, you did something you grew up watching, mm-hmm. and you realize that you're actually playing in a game, and it's probably one of the biggest sports events ever in my life and just being that close and like seeing Larry running and you was like man we're about to win the Super Bowl and it was it was a great game it was just a, a phenomenal game and you just you just want to get back there and win one right so. and do you want equal time based on what uh, Woodley said in the previous segment about what about the Chiefs and and the not having the talent level similar to the ones that were in Arizona Um, And that, you know, that's perhaps why Haley didn't do well in Kansas City when you were part of that talent level in Arizona. And last I checked, you were on the roster that Lamar Woodley was talking about that didn't have the talent level in Kansas City. Would you like Uh, equal time I think he was wrong. He's wrong on that one. Wrong Mm -hmm. on that assessment. I mean, we we did have a... You know, in Arizona, we we had an exceptional offense, exceptional passing game, and we had uh, Tim Hightower. He did a good job, you know, you know, and, and Edge, you know, mixing that up. But uh, last, I felt last year on, you know, with the Kansas City Chiefs, we, we was very talented, especially on offense. It, when he said about injuries, I mean, we had three guys go down with ACL injuries. We had the last game, we had Tony go down, our tight end, Tony mm-hmm. tight end, he went down with ACL. We had Jamal go How down. Jamal Charles slipping. On the first down marker. It's crazy. I mean, crazy. if you just landed, talk about a game of inches. I mean, his foot landed on I, the first We couldn't down believe it. Marker. We couldn't believe it. We was like, you know, it just ran, he was run out of bounds. He slipped on it, and that's crazy. And then EB, you know, um, he got hurt you know, against uh, Buffalo, and that's that's a uh, all pro safety right there. So. And then Matt got hurt halfway through the season, so we we had an uphill battle, like you know, with a with a number of things, a number of injuries, and you know, we still almost made the playoffs, mm-hmm. you know. So and a, and a first round wide receiver who's got a little fight in him. Oh, right. <laughs> JV's just young, man. JV's just young. JV's just young. Okay. Well, this is now year two for him. Yes. And um, and Dwayne Bow. Franchised, Devo, yeah. right, and you, back, yep. Castle, yep. Charles will be back. Charles right? will be back. We McCluster, got, uh, McCluster, 
Dex. We got uh, right. Boss. Yes, we got him. Kevin Boss. Tony will be back. Yes, he will. Moyaki uh, will be back. So you expect big things. Give me something. Peyton Manning's in your division now, though. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He's, it's, it's, it's all about what we do and how we go out there and, you know, play football. And I think if, you know, everything connects, everything goes right, I think we're going to take the division. I mean, that's just what it is. I mean, I think uh, even last year, you know, we went through some things, and I think that made us they made us better as a team. You know, just uh, the, the up and down season we had, the uh, people we lost, and just people that had to fill those voids, and they got better as football players. And then we got those pe- guys that went down last year and coming back to the team, you know, with uh, Coach Romeo there. I think we're 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 going to do some good things this year. Yeah, but I don't know if you heard me, Peyton Manning. Is in your division. Apparently, the Chiefs were knocking <laughs> on his door, Steve Breston. They knocked on his door. There was no response. But he didn't, he didn't want to come there, so why worry about him? Well, I was about to say, doesn't that add a little bit of fuel It'll add, to it fire? Don't, it don't add no fuel to fire. I think, uh, you know, that's, I think just playing Denver alone is mm-hmm. going to be, it's just big. It's going to be a big game, you know. Just right. They'll probably pick the favorite to win the division. Yeah, I, I think it. there's no question. There's no question. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> we are, we're we're probably, what, we're here in early April. The magazines and all of the articles about season predictions are, we're, we're three months away. I'll tell you right now. Right now. Denver will be leading the AFC West in nine of the ten. Nine, nine out of ten. Ninety percent. Somebody might throw you in there, what? you know. What other weapons do they have? Oh gosh, I mean, does it does it matter? I mean, it, it does. Manning, it it does matter. Manning, it doesn't matter. I mean, we you just... saw last year Tebow time existed many many reasons because of the defense. The right? defense is great. Okay, the so now now well. you take a quarterback in who is averaging twenty six points a game in his old stomping grounds. You throw that in the mix. Take a take take three points away because there's no Reggie Wayne type guy that's there. But why right. does our defense get to the quarterback? A lot of things. Tebow did a lot of ad living. Tebow broke a lot of tackles, made plays. But with Tomba coming off the edge, it's not. It's not going to be. He's, they're going to get after Peyton. Okay. I mean, it's not going to be as easy as everybody thinking it is. All right. That's what I'm looking for. That's what I'm looking for out of you, Steve Breston. <laughs> That's what I'm looking for. Uh, I'm following you on Twitter, and you follow me. Yeah, I, I know that. What's your Twitter handle again? It's at s Breston. S Breston. 15 at s breston 15 yeah okay yeah good to see you good to see you you got anything else you, you want to get off your chest nah. you sell anything what's that on your what's what's the h on your on your it's huff it's a, a skateboard clothing company it's yeah, pretty you, cool you're talking to a, a near 43 year old jewish guy i mean that just no, <laughs> there's no uh, there's no chance there's no chance you no would, there's no you chance you never put on. this hat on I mean, I, cover I could up? put it, cover what up? Now, what does that mean, cover that up? What do, what do you mean by cover that up? I'm just, What's the that? <laughs> I don't know, just cover all Cover that. Like, I cover all this hair up. Okay. You might not cover, you might want to cover that. No, I'm not covering anything. What do I need to cover? Yeah. I don't need to cover. I'm letting it fly. I'll to the it. same way that you let it fly. Uh, true. Okay. True. But I know, I, I just don't, you know, I, I wouldn't wrap a, a, a skateboard. <laughs> I just well, don't what know what kind of hat would you wear? Um, I don't know. I mean, just a, I mean, I wear a late show hat from Letterman. I wear that every now and then. What? I got it when I when I was you there had last no year. Ball the caps. No, I, I have ball caps. I'm, you know, I'm a Yankee fan. I wear a Yankee cap. Do you wear one of them beat up dirty ones, or you wear like a? I know an old one. I don't do old the. One. I don't know. I don't do well. See, you you sort of for the audio listeners right now. You've got the. <laughs> it's sort of a flat bill to your cap. Right? Yeah, I could definitely not pull you, that off. You, Would put, you like me to rock it? Would you like me to try it on? Try it on. Okay. Try this on. There you go. Look at that. 
See this? Good thing you're covering that up. Steve. <laughs> Here we go. See, smooth. What do you think? Smooth. No, see, I think you look young. Work. You look like young. It doesn't work. You I look just, like young. It's making me you look, look twelve. You I'm bar mitzvah again. <laughs> I look 12 now. You look a lot younger. This is ridiculous. You look a lot younger. Okay, it's much better. Looks good on you, though. Get a free <laughs> bowl of soup with that hat. Hey, Steve, thanks for coming on. Uh, thanks okay, for having that's me. Steve Breston of the Kansas City Chiefs, who says don't count them out despite Peyton Manning's presence in the division next year. Joining me here on the podcast. That was fun. And you got to go to the newly redesigned blog page, richeisen.nfl.com, if you're audio only on the podcast, to see me in... Uh, Steve Breston's ridiculous hat. That, that was phenomenal. I mean, you did look like you were 13 years old. I want that hat for myself. Could you <laughs> rock it? No, I rock the flat brims. I can't do that. you got to have a slight, a slight bend. I'm, I'm Plus, the hat, I mean, you know, to fit his dreads, it was, it was, it was huge. huge. It was like yeah, a helmet. Right, yeah. I wear it was a like Darth s- Helmet yeah. from the Spaceballs. You, you have a big... What is your hat it, It's size? large. You've uh, got a massive like cabeza. Seven and, seven and three quarters. Yikes. If, if there's a lot of humidity. As the, French, as the French would say, it's a gross tet. <laughs> yeah. 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 You got a big head. That's a big dome. That's all right. So go to that, uh, richeisen.nfl.com, not only, again, to see all the new bells and whistles. There's so many different opportunities now to see pictures that I post on my Twitter page and also... On Facebook, that goes straight to the blog page now, Some and all the videos, questions. poll questions, all sorts of neat stuff. It's a whole redesign that is based not only on trying to feed the beast that is the podcast listenership, but also to reward one very special one of you. What is that subscriber promotion, you ask? It is not a rhetorical question. The answer is it's called Step in Rich's Shoes. The winner of this contest appears on the podcast and also gets the 40-yard dash shoes I wore this year personalized and autographed sent the to The actual the shoes. The actual shoes. The Under Armors. Correct. Wow. The one I ran 6.03 in. They're yours to keep. Do whatever you want with them. And uh, so go to richeisen.nfl.com to find out how you can win. Love it. Those shoes are tight. They even say Eisen on them. They, were they do. You they have a do. high top and low top version. Yeah, but I, I just it's the low tops. It's the ones that I actually put on my feet and, nice. and darn near broke six seconds. Or according to Albert Breer's hand time, I did. But we go with Mayock because Mayock is Mayock. And after your Albert Breer, bra- Albert and, Breer uh, bashing last right, week. Albert, Albert's oh, dude, Ohio State fan. Yeah. The famed Aaron uh, Nagler of, uh, of uh, Cheesehead Nation picked that up. He tweeted about how I called Albert Breer bra- a baby. He didn't. You know, give the context, so right. I felt bad. But that's uh, funny. But we all know. I mean, Albert, even after Kentucky won the national championship, was he still going off yeah, last night? I mean, talking about, as he said, there's no greater feeling than your alma mater coming out on top of the sports world. It's like it's, he even made it about Ohio State that's when amazing. Kentucky won. Oh, that's right, you've won. I get it. You've won before. Oh, oh God. he was talking about a football. And he doesn't or... even know the reason why Kentucky won. He probably doesn't even realize. You want to say it, Chris Brockman? I'll tell you why. Why did Kentucky win the national because championship? Because John Calipari appeared on this podcast last fall before the college basketball Chris season. Law, why did Undefeated win the Oscar this year? Because head coach Bill Courtney and director Dan Lindsay appeared on this podcast. That is correct. We call that the podcast bump. Ah, to bump. say the least. So, I mean, that's another reason why you should try and check out the new blog page, richeisen.nfl.com, and find out how you can appear on the podcast, because good things happen.
And uh, Rich, Chris and I were kind of wondering when your next scheduled vacation. Is. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, what, it's uh, coming. One Don't more worry. thing, you know, the podcast is international. Last week, uh, I gave a shout out to our Irish listeners. Oh, good. Overseas. Well, this no. week, I promised a shout out to Sweden. Thanks a lot for listening. Over Why? There. You looking for a massage? <laughs> Somebody from Dude, Sweden I thought you were taking Young Hollywood. Young Hollywood's taken. Somebody for uh, Sweden asked for a shout-out. I'm giving shout-outs. To Sweden. To Sweden. Good for you. We're international. Hey, and Sweden, it, it, bottom line, I mean, we're not flying Sweden into the podcast, but if Sweden does win, somebody from Sweden wins this promotion, again, if you're overseas and you're like saying, well, how, you know, how am I going to appear? It's called Skype. We, it's called we, a phone. We didn't factor in a, a cross-continental uh, flight into the budget. No, for that, right? no, <laughs> no. But Skype no. works great. We had, that Calipari was on. If you want to get here, you know, if if and when, we don't have a sponsor for it, but if we get a sponsor, who knows? But you know, if you win, if you win the Step in Rich's Shoes contest, you appear on Skype phone, or if you want to make it here by yourselves and NFL security vets you and lets you through, then then you're on. They let if me you win, day, if you so if you win, you're on. Right. If you win, you're on. Yeah. That's how it works. The podcast makes dreams come true, as John Calipari found out with a pair of scissors in New Orleans on Monday night. We got to get him back on too. He's, yeah, why not? Absolutely. He'll come back on. Yeah, no He'll doubt. He'll come back on. Certainly, if you know, you win, you're in. Or, or how about this? You're in. You win. You win. Can we get Bobby Valentine on in the no, next few weeks? Certainly not. <laughs> not until we get Girardi on first, tough guy. All right, this was fun. Next week, uh, our scheduled guests, three celebrities, an all-celebrity edition of the podcast, yes. correct? Yes. Great. Uh, Matthew Perry is coming in. He's got a pilot where he plays a sportscaster. Didn't he just guest star, too, on The Good Wife? He did. As well? With a, a, a with podcast uh, uh, friend, Josh Jones. Yeah. Uh, Joe Manganiello, True Blood. I believe the ladies like themselves some Joe Manganiello. Yeah, True yeah. Blood. That's a that's a hardcore program, man. Do you watch that? Uh, on occasion, I do. Yeah, it's it's intense. Holy smokes! Well, he's uh, one of the many vampires on that show. He's, he's actually a, a werewolf. Oh gosh! So that's why I don't watch enough. He's yeah. a werewolf. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate you. No doubt. Thanks. Thanks. I, I got is you. He hey. Team Jacob hey. or he's team, I don't know what team. He's is. Team Brockman, bro. I'm tapped into the Hollywood. You're tapped scene in. Right Thank now. you. So he's one of the. At any rate, he's a he's a True Blood guy, and uh, he's he's one of the stars of True Blood. He's coming on. He's a big Steeler fan. Wilmer Valderrama. Uh, he's coming on. He's on that uh, that NBC show, Awake. New one, right? Yeah, that's just starting. It's coming on right Very now. Nice, excellent. Yeah. So Great. he's on that show. He's coming on, and uh, that's all next week on the podcast. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks for holding down the fort. Thank you, Rich. You, you got it. Rich. That's for Law and Brockman. I'm Rich. Adios. Stay listening.